The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. It's Thursday. We're closer to Friday now than we were on Monday. I like the closer I get to Friday, the better I like it. You probably heard that they're calling for a chance. Now, don't run out and buy 16 loaves of bread and eight gallons of milk and some eggs today, all right? It's it's not going to be that kind of event. Uh, there's, you know, this sounds more like a dusting than anything else. A little bit of snow, maybe a little bit of sleet. Don't freak out. I know how people get here in Arkansas. <laughs> All right. It won't be that bad. I promise. It's not going to be that bad. Now watch. We'll get two foot. No, and I need to buy a stock of milk and bread. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Milk sandwiches, man. Every time. Got to have milk sandwiches. Of course, I guess. Now, how bizarre is this? I just got a phone call from Jamaica. I'm wondering if Eddie Joe Williams just called calling me no he's he'd be over no he wouldn't be there he'd be in puerto rico right make it you got friends in jamaica no huh? i don't <laughs> that's that's the point that i'm trying to make here yeah. does somebody from jamaica i'm gonna go me. out on a limb and say don't call it back yeah i'm i'm not going to <laughs> maybe it's somebody who wants me to get into the medicinal marijuana business maybe so considering it's from jamaica the word um, is getting around it must be go. it must be by the way how's the governor feeling about uh the medicinal marijuana thing. Are, are we on, are we on target now? Yeah, I think we're on target. Um, you know, again, uh, the, uh, voters spoke and, and we're, um, running on all cylinders trying to get that, uh, implemented It's obviously a big task, especially when you want to continue that focus on the medicinal side of things. Uh, we don't want to get down the road on recreational. So it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, big lifts, but, uh, everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. And so it's on track. Kind of an interesting story just breaking here in the last hour or two. Have you seen this, that their uh, Walmart's closing 60-plus uh, Sam's Clubs? I actually heard that on 96.5 on my way in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, they're doing, lot, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot of, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, I guess recollect at this point and move forward. They've shut down some stores, um, kind of regrouping, and I think really trying to, push that online presence so did we hear anything uh if anything is happening here in uh, arkansas i don't know the specifics of that yeah because i saw texas indiana new york a couple other states were involved mm-hmm. uh and then i saw the other story i mean they, they were kind of which do you want first the good news or the bad news today the bad news is 63 sam clubs are closing the good news is that Walmart has boosted its minimum wage to $11 an hour yeah, and uh, giving out bonuses bonuses up to $1,000 for hourly, hourly workers. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's another uh, example of, of what everyone who opposed the tax cut yeah. said wasn't going to happen. So it's great to see these corporations, uh, you know, giving back to their associates uh, through this uh, corporate tax cut. So the, I think we'll continue to see that. Yeah, let me ask you, Jr. does freak you out when you see these columnists and these talking heads on tv and they go 
If I owned a business like, uh, let's just use Walmart now since they just did it, like Walmart, and I only gave my workers a $1,000 bonus, I would be ashamed of myself. Now, I, I had somebody said that exact word for word on Twitter. I'll tell you what I said to them uh, when we when we come back. I, what would you say to that person? I have to do a double take <laughs> after now, I read okay. it the first time. I mean, I think at the at the end of the day, this is what uh, this is what uh, corporations in our country have, have talked about for a very long time that they need the flexibility to bring it back to the United States so we can invest in the United States in our workforce, and that's what you're seeing from all these other corporations. So to say that you you know. If you owned a company like that, you would be ashamed to uh, to give, give give it back to your employees. I, I would say it would be a company I wouldn't want to work for. <laughs> yeah, but here's my thing. The guy the guy who said that, I wrote back to him. I, I tweeted back. I said, first, do you own a company? Right, right. Secondly, would you have turned it down? And then my last statement was, it's better than a stick in the eye. Yeah. You know, I'm a, so I'm I don't understand what's his, why. What's the, it's free money, man. So, he's, say, so he's saying that he would be ashamed to, yes. to take it? No, he was or saying to give it. if I owned a, if I I owned a company, would I, you know, I wouldn't do that. I'd be ashamed to only give $1,000 to my workers in a one-time bonus. And I, I thought, and that's why I said, do you own a business? And he never answered back. So I'm going to assume no. Right. All right. Which makes it very easy for you to say, that you wouldn't do it because you'd be ashamed of doing it. And the, and the second one is really, would you turn it down? If someone right. walked up to you and said, hey, you want this $1,000? Would you say, you should be ashamed to offer me just $1,000? You know, it. the thing that just confuses me throughout these conversations about the tax cut that was passed at the end of the year and, and what corporations are doing in uh, at the end of the year and the new year is, you know, look, if that individual is making the argument that he would give more, great. But a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars is a lot uh, to <laughs> families, to is. an individual. I, I don't understand the the kind of chastising uh, different amounts of money that are being given back to taxpayers and employees of major corporations. That it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So, like like you said, a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars, and I don't know too many people that would turn that away. Better than a stick in the eye. Better than a stick in the eye. And the other thing is, number four, Oakland owned, opens tomorrow. There you go. That's the big one. That's right. Oh, man. And you gave me $1,000 just <laughs> exactly. for the fun of it. I'm saying, hey, I wasn't Spend expecting the day at the money. track. Yep, I might go. go to the track. Yeah, I get, a, get myself a, it was not roast, a corned beef sandwich. Oh, man, those are so good. Yeah, give me a corned beef sandwich. Enjoy that. All right, so the governor unveiled, by the way, J.R. Lewis, J.R. is there, J.R. Davis. I just was looking up at Lewis Family Beef. J.R. Davis is here in the studio He's the governor's spokesperson, and uh, we're probably going to talk a lot about money today because that's been the topic uh, up uh, at the Capitol uh, this week. Uh, first thing is, uh, the what was it? The uh, Well, here's the headline. I got the paper right here. I was talking about it yesterday. Uh, the governor lays out uh, $5.63 billion state budget. Spending is going to be up 173 million, mostly uh, for Medicaid. Uh, you know, there's been people who have been making a lot out of over the last three years. The state budget has been growing, 
your your answer to that your your thoughts yeah. on that i'll be happy to i think first of all you've got to look at uh like you said before in the time in the headline there uh, that says most of it's going towards medicaid mm-hmm. uh Look, this is something that's healthcare costs continue to rise across the country. Uh, Medicaid continues to go up. Uh, Arkansas has done an incredible work under the governor's leadership and, and Cindy Gillespie over DHS uh, to basically turn back nearly half a billion dollars this year uh, in funding for Medicaid. Now, most of that's federal, but it's all taxpayer dollars. And Arkansas, I, I would imagine, is in a small group of states. Uh, that is turning that money back. Uh, and because of that, in turn, we're saving around, you know, uh, $55 million uh, on Medicaid for state general revenue. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about education, you're talking about health care and public safety, those are the those are the sort of the driving costs for the budget. Uh, but the governor has continued to implement these efficiencies uh, and look for ways to uh, uh, make the uh, traditional Medicaid number one reform that, which is what you saw with the uh, legislative health uh, uh, legislative health reform task force. We're starting to see some of that that came out of it, uh, and you're seeing those savings and, and turning back that money again. When the governor announced um, the the budget, his budget at Tuesday at the uh, joint budget committee, um, you know the the big talk was that when we roll out the biennium, the legislature votes on the 2018 budget, but they see the 2019 proposed budget. And we have cut $100 million from that proposed budget through efficiencies uh, in state government. $100 million is a lot of money. Uh, And so what you're seeing right now with the increase is, again, made up of mainly Medicaid, which is about $142 million of that. Uh, $50 million of that was to replace one-time funds. We're actually putting a line item in the budget, so it's not, you know, uh, being funded through these one-time funds is more transparent. Arkansans can see where that's going. Uh, $6 million of that uh, was for DCFS. There's about 65 more caseworkers and administrative staff that will be added in the next fiscal year to help with our foster care program, which continues to, to drop as far as uh, children in the foster care program. So we're seeing some positives from that. Uh, and, uh, of course, about $48 million is for traditional Medicaid. The big change for that was the FMAP rating. Arkansas went up, and that's that's relative per capita income for Arkansas, which means we're doing better than some of our surrounding states uh, in the last year. That's a good problem to have, but because of that, we have to pay a little bit more in traditional Medicaid costs. So we're going in the right direction. It's a conservative budget. Most of the other agencies have been held flat or below uh, 2015. So we're continuing to implement these efficiencies, and I think until there's, you know, Uh, something happens at the federal level to reform Medicaid, you're probably going to continue to see some of those costs go up. But we're talking Medicaid as a whole. Uh, And I could keep going, Dave. I know you probably have some other questions, but, you know, what DHS has done just in the last year, removing 117,000 individuals from the rolls, that wasn't a policy shift. That wasn't making eligibility requirements more difficult. That was simply saying, you know, is Dave Ellswick, is he eligible for uh, traditional Medicaid or Arkansas Works? If he's not, he shouldn't be on it. Or those individuals are finding work and moving out, which is the whole point of Arkansas work. So we're doing a lot of great things um, at state government right now, and I think we're going to need some help from the federal government as well. All right. So when you talk about the people who were removed because of the scrubbing that you do via computer, right, Mm -hmm. that was a $55 million savings, correct? Yeah. So instead of 
it reading 173 million, uh, mostly for Medicaid in the uh, uh, headline on Wednesday, uh, it would have said $228 million instead of that. Right. We saved So if you look at, I think it was around 192, uh, the anticipated budget, which legislators saw uh, last year. Uh, that was about 192 million. It's now at 142 million, so it's about 50 million dollars. Um, but that's still a a huge chunk of savings, especially when you look at it combined with the federal spending. When you're sending half a billion dollars back, that's a lot of money for taxpayers. Uh, and I think any time that number pops up, it, it piques people's interest. And I think that speaks to what we're doing here at the state level. Uh, and again, this budget is Arkansas Works 1.0. It does not include uh, the conservative changes we're seeking. Uh, through the federal government for yeah, the, the waiver. The waiver. Right? Yeah, and we got great news today from CMS basically leaning forward, saying, uh, basically indicating that they're going to grant these work requirements. Uh, we anticipate that to, to come any day now, uh, and it's starting to move pretty quickly. I know it's been a while, but now that it's moving, it's moving quickly, and so we should see work requirements uh, here fairly soon, I would say before the fiscal session. Uh, so that's good news as well for what we're doing here. And really, you know, uh, as far as the budget goes, there's there was more than just the Medicaid aspect of it. There were significant efficiencies there. But uh, number one, there's no additional GR or general revenue needed for public schools due to increased revenues earmarked specifically for education. That's out of the adequacy fund. Uh, that's fifty. Mil- it's saving fifty million dollars in general revenue this year because we're able to pay for that out of the adequacy fund. Um, Hundred million dollar cut from the budget altogether from FY19. Uh, $64 million in projected savings, which the governor talked about in his budget hearing. Uh, some of that money will go uh, from the surplus will go to highways as part of the Arkansas uh, Highway Improvement Act of 2016. Right. And the other will go into a restrictive reserve fund uh, to um, help uh, defend against you know, an economic downturn, but really to lay the groundwork uh, for future tax cuts in the state. So that's good news as well. And, uh, and, of course, like I mentioned before, DHS spending, uh, you know, more than $50 million less than projected. Um, so it, it's it's a conservative budget. Uh, it's something I know a lot of legislators uh, were glad to hear when the governor presented that on Tuesday morning. So uh, obviously we've got some work to do in the fiscal session, but but I think we're in a good spot. I, I just was sent a story from the Washington Times uh, that says the Trump administration offers the roadmap for Medicaid work requirements. Mm-hmm. and that uh, Kentucky was in line to be the first state okayed for, in quotation marks, work requirements. Do we know where we stand in line? Yeah, we're right up at the top. Uh, I think you'll see Arkansas as one of the next couple announcements. Um, right now, kind of the way they were, they're all right there. So it's just going to be you know CMS, HHS um, uh, announcing that those waivers have been granted. Um, and so Arkansas should be in the you know top three or four for sure. Okay, now with the work requirements, I, I want to make sure that I am I'm correct in saying that there are some caveats to that. If you're doing if you're uh, a single mother, the work requirements may not be the same for you as you, if you're a single guy out there or whatever. Right. You can and the way ours is set up, and ours is ours will be the most stringent in the country, which is uh, important to point out. Uh, it will affect those able-bodied adults with no dependents of working age between, I think, 18 and 49 years of age uh, will have to work 20 hours a week, be in worker training, volunteering, or uh, a student, and uh, or taking classes. And, and if they fail to report, 
uh, every week, the 20 hours they have to work, they will be kicked off the program for the rest of the calendar year. Uh, it's an extremely stringent work requirement program, but but we, we think that's a conservative step, and we're excited to implement that. And it'll take 60 days from the time, uh, uh, you know, that we're – uh, given approval to get that uh, into play. Now, granted, you're probably going to have uh, there may be some litigation, that sort of stuff, but that's that's fine. We're we're welcoming that. We think this is a good conservative step, uh, and we look forward to implementing it. All right. So, is this going to be done in some kind of computer way, yeah. so that we can keep track of all of this? Yes, there will be a ver- verification uh, system in place where it's not a, a wink and a nod sort of thing. There will be teeth to it. I know DHS is still working on that. They want to make sure that it is, uh, uh, it holds each individual accountable. And then, of course, you're also going to have the renewal process, which we do every month, which you've seen over the course of uh, the last year. Well, we um, got to give Gillespie credit for absolutely. that. The, the scrubber, she got that working where the previous administration, BB's administration, and I forget who was the head of DHS. Now, I, yeah. I've tried to strike his name from my conscience. <laughs> John Seelig. Yeah, thank you. I tried to Strike his name. I wish right. we hadn't said that. I'm sorry. But the, I have nightmares tonight. But the bottom line is, is that uh, they had a computer system that never worked, right. and, and we ended up having to pay for it. Uh, now we have a computer system that does work, and so I keep my. I can. I feel like I don't have to cross well, my eyes so much to sure. hope for this other one. And I'll say that even more so than just the 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 system they use, it's really the interagency cooperation. Workforce Services has been a tremendous partner uh, with DHS, you know, checking uh, people's income eligibility, that sort of thing. And I'll tell you this. To me, this is a a, a tremendous success story with what we have right now, which is not what we want. Um, But obviously, back in 2016, we we sought the uh, work requirement from the Obama administration. We obviously didn't get that, but we did get work referrals. And, Dave, this just – this underscores uh, what the governor believes – uh, in that our Kansans want to work, they just need to be connected to that opportunity to work. So of the of, of and now granted, every person who's on Arkansas Works is referred over to Workforce Services, right? There's no real teeth to it right now right. under the Obama Four More than 4,000 Arkansans uh, got a job through these work referrals. And again, there's no teeth to that at all. This is just individuals who want to work. So more than 4,000 individuals now have a job in Arkansas because of that work referral program. So we're going in the right direction. And with this new waiver, uh, even, uh, you know, there's going to be some better things to come. All right. Education, prisons, enhanced carry. That's all on the docket today. We'll get to it in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Lewis Family Beef, clean beef, beef without antibiotics, beef without hormones, stress-free raised cows that produce more tender beef. All of that available from the Lewis Family uh, Beef Ranch. All you have to do is give them a call. You can buy a quarter, a half, or a whole cow. If you want to buy a whole cow, go in with a couple other families or whatever and walk away with several hundred pounds of beef for your for your uh, freezer. The packing house will call you. You'll tell them how thick you want the steaks. Just know that when you taste this beef, it tastes a whole lot better than the one that you buy at the big box supermarket. Call Cody or Sarah at 501-514-1494 or visit them on Facebook, facebook.com, Lewis Family Beef. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show and uh, J.R. Davis is here from the governor's office. Uh, we've got a lot still to talk about, but we've already cleared up the uh, the first hour here, so or first half hour of the hour. 
So when we get back from our break coming up here in just a moment, uh, we will get into what the governor is asking about prisons, uh, what the governor is saying about uh, freezing um, tuition and things of that nature. I got some other questions to go along with that, but kind of leans more towards 2019 than anything that can be done uh, during 2018. Because I'll be honest with you, Jr. I don't like a lot of the uh, uh, people that are running our universities here in, in Arkansas. I just I think they've taken Arkansans to the cleaners uh, in many cases for higher education. I mean, the governor was right. Ten year it was last ten years, three to six percent every year. That's absolutely ridiculous. How many workers in Arkansas have seen that happen for them? We got all that to talk about. We'll get into it in just a moment. We got to get to our break. After the break, J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman, will be back with us. J.R. Davis, the spokesman for the governor's office, is our guest today. Comes in each Thursday for an hour, talks to us about uh, what's going on from the governor's office and their point of view. Something that's been going on uh, on the Internet recently, on Facebook and other areas, Twitter, has been that the governor said this in 2016, the governor is saying this now in 2018 and they're you know 180 degrees apart right yeah they're they're very different arguments and i appreciate giving me the opportunity to to talk about a little bit but in 2016 we had the special session before on health care the fiscal session and we went into the special session on highways and the argument the governor was making then is if you don't pass arkansas works and that it was going to be done away with if you don't pass that, there's no room for uh, the highway plan. And the reason he was talking about that is if you do away with Arkansas Works, and this is just one aspect of that, uh, you're talking uncompensated care costs that for UAMS by itself was around $70 million that the legislature would basically have to pay for uh, just right off the bat. Rural hospitals as well uh, would see their uncompensated care costs uh, jump up dramatically. And so the argument the governor was making was, if you end this program, that's what's going to happen. And we're not going to be able to do the highway plan, which is what he talked about at that time. Now, I think the argument is saying, you know, they're saying that the governor was saying, if you move people off, um, we're going to lose money. But now we're moving people off and we're saving money. Two totally different things. One was ending the program and, and having to come up with the uncompensated costs again for those rural hospitals and UAMS. And there's a whole lot of other things um, that would come from that. This year, we're talking about... Uh, the traditional Medicaid program and Arkansas Works together, moving 117,000 people off of the program, not into another, not into another program like Medicaid or moving expansion to Medicaid or vice versa. These individuals are ineligible. Uh, they are no longer eligible for the program, or they found work and they moved themselves off of the program. So that's where those savings are coming uh, to fruition and where you see the half a billion dollars and turn back to the federal government and the more than $50 million savings on SGR. So they're two totally unrelated things. If you go back to 2016 as well, Dave, uh, if you do away with the Arkansas Works program, you're going to have some of those individuals jump over to traditional Medicaid. That is a 70-30 match to the state. Those individuals cost the state more money. So again, when you compare the two, they're not the same at all. We're talking about doing away with the program entirely, and then you have to come up with those uncompensated costs and deal with those individuals who jump to traditional Medicaid at the 70-30 match. 
This year we're talking about moving people off, not because of policy changes and moving them into another program, moving them off completely, saving real money to the Medicaid rolls by finding people that are ineligible or helping people get work and move into uh, move into a higher you know economic bracket. So uh, that was it, and I just wanted to clear that up. It's, it's a pretty simple answer uh, to, I think, some of the questions that were going on, but I wanted to take a minute and at least try to clarify some of it. So okay. hopefully we did. All right. I want to go back to the, the work requirement again. When you guys sat down and decided which areas would not cause a person to be thrown in or thrown off of, of insurance, for instance, let me, let me just, I've got a story here I had that had all of those things listed out that I needed. Okay. The exemptions that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. you live in a home with a dependent child age 17 or younger, you receive unemployment benefits. Why should that have anything to do with if you're not, you don't have a job? If you're receiving unemployment benefits, there may be a reason that they can't work. Uh, So I think that's part of the aspect there. Are you reading from the CMS guidelines from today? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're pregnant. uh, You're a full-time student. You care for an incapacitated person or a dependent child under six. Uh, You're over 50. Uh, You know, I look at that, and that sure is going to make it for a lot of people to be able to kind of skirt around the work requirements. Does that worry you guys? Well, I, th- I think obviously from our perspective and the waiver that we have pending, uh, that we feel that if you're working 20 hours a week uh, in, a, in a real job or you're getting training that mm-hmm. you need to get a job and, and to get higher wages in that respect, uh, or if you're at, in school or if you're volunteering, those, those are the guidelines that we have for our work requirement. That if you meet those, and again, you're 18 to 49 with no dependents, uh, you should be working, and, and you have to prove that you are. Uh, and, and we feel very confident in that. Uh, obviously, this is a first. Uh, what CMS and HHS handed down today, and when mm-hmm. they start granting those work requirements, this will be a first. Uh, we feel confident that it will be the absolute right step for Arkansas and for the uh, Medicaid program for Arkansas Works for expanded Medicaid. Um, obviously, with a new program, there's, I'm sure there will be some some, some things that you didn't know before that you know now, and you'll fix it, and that's part of it. But we feel very confident uh, that the verification system we have will hold people accountable. Uh, and we also think that it will provide more incentive for individuals to go out and get a job. All right. So I know I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, sure. but I, when you answer it, it's kind of like you're putting words in the governor's mouth at that point, and it, it, that kind of worries me. I don't want, I don't want that to happen. But you know, you look at what they've got here in this program, you guys look at it and you go, you know, that could be tightened up some, uh, we'll, we'll take this, but we think, you know, maybe if you're pregnant and it's a, uh, you know, there's something wrong with the pregnancy. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't, you know, I I don't, do you have, do you have children yet? I don't. Okay. So, you know, when your wife gets pregnant sometime in the future, She'll probably work during part of that pregnancy. Uh, I I don't think a person should be given a free ride just because uh, they're pregnant. Uh, could we see the you know Arkansas come back and say, "Hey, look, we we go along with this right now because this is what you say we got to do." But can we tighten this up a little bit? I'm I, I believe that again. This is just. Uh, under the Trump administration over the last year, this is a giant step forward. Okay, well, uh, yeah, giant after step the forward. Obama administration, right. 
this is going around the world in one yeah. step. But let's talk about, I mean, just work requirements in general uh, on, uh, on you know, for Medicaid recipients. This is a, this has never been done. This is a huge step. So going back and back and back. Uh, so I, I think this is a huge step forward. Uh, the governor said this before. These, this waiver that we're seeking is not the last uh, thing that we're going to do. We're going to continue to reform uh, Arkansas Works to make it work uh, uh, better than it is now. And I think we're seeing some successes there. But what we want to do, we don't want to lose track. It's called Arkansas Works for a reason. We want people to move up the economic ladder, uh, that they're, they have incentive to, to get into the workforce, uh, make more money, and climb out of uh, of, of uh, you know Arkansas Works program or traditional Medicaid for that. So uh, the idea is to make sure people are connected to work, they have incentive to work, and we think work requirements will absolutely uh, spur that for sure. Well, I go along with that, that we want to help people get jobs and, and to move up the economic ladder. But for those that are already working and they're trying to work up the economic ladder too, I don't want to be taking their money away from them. No, I absolutely. To keep supporting the program. Sure, I absolutely agree. But you've got to remember, let's look at the 30,000-foot view of where we were and where we are now and where we're going. And I think that's where we can talk about the successes of the program, uh, what we've done through just the renewal process and scrubbing the roles and making sure those who should be are and those who aren't are not, uh, and along with uh, uh, the you know seeing individuals being connected to work and climbing out of the program. Uh, we are on the right path. And we're and we're we're going to continue down that direction. I mentioned, and I don't mean to belabor a point here, but when you're talking about half a million dollar or half a billion dollars, that DHS is looking at the federal government saying, "Hey, we don't need this. We're giving it back." That, that's a pretty astonishing announcement, and that's what we've done without any of the other reforms that we have out there right now. Uh, the 138 to 100 percent of the FPL, you know, bringing that down from 138 to 100, that's about 60,000 individuals. Uh, uh, that's going to be a a, um, a huge success when the federal government uh, approves that for Arkansas. And those individuals aren't going into another program. They're going to the individual marketplace, which is what we have. That's the law of the, of the land right now. Those individuals go into the individual marketplace with subsidies from the federal government. So it's not the state. It's not costing the state. Um, I'll hit on something else that DHS has worked on as far as efficiencies. You probably saw this, the tax intercept that mm-hmm. was announced at the end of last year saying that Hey, guys, remember between 100 and 138%, we said you have to pay, I think it was uh, $12 a month or whatever it might be right. uh, for your premium. If you haven't paid that, you're collecting a debt to the state. And now you're uh, the debt, does, their, you uh, have a debt to the state. and uh, state tax refund, right, right? And so we're going to take that out of the, uh, the income tax refund. We're doing everything we can at the state level uh, to make sure people are being held accountable, uh, but that they're receiving the benefits they should be receiving um, but at the same time, those who aren't are not, and we're doing it in a conservative way. And I'm, I'm very proud of the steps the governor's taken. It takes time. Uh, we're in three years. I think you can look back and see the successes, and we're going the right direction. All right. Got to get a break in. When we come back, let's talk prisons. All right. Because that, uh, that, that seems to be something that drew a cool response, says the paper. So we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. All right. Don't forget about New Balance. New Balance store out on Highway 10. That's Cantrell where they're measure your feet digitally. Did you know as you grow older, your feet get bigger? You know, most people think after you've got, you know, 17, 18 years old, you stop growing. Well, the effects of gravity continue. And uh, because of that, your feet get longer, your feet get wider many times. So measuring your feet digitally is a good thing to do, especially if you're probably past 40. Every year would be a good time 
to have your feet measured. Uh, stock uh, of children's shoes at New Balance are in extra wide widths because it's not fitting just how long your foot is, but how wide your foot is as well. And for men and women, uh, they New Balance stock shoes from 2A narrow all the way up to 6E wide. And it's the only New Balance store in Little Rock that makes custom footbeds that will give you ultimate comfort. That's the New Balance store on Highway 10, Cantrell in West Little Rock. Everything that you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. That's because the government has changed the rules again like they always do every year. New rules for claiming your benefits have gone into effect and your decision can cost you a lot of money in lost benefits, higher taxes, and increased Medicare premiums. You can get the facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show that you hear right here on 96.5 FM, The Answer, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and again at 3 p.m. This simple, easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that could help you avoid losing tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are, you know, seriously rightfully yours. So to get your free 2018 guide to social security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690. J.R. Davis, our guest, he's with us for the rest of this hour. Let's go back and uh, talk about prisons. That's uh, another area that uh, questions were raised. The governor was wanting uh, X amount of dollars, and I guess some of the legislators looked at him and kind of scratched their heads. Is that an adequate illustration? uh, I would say that we're confident in the budget the governor proposed uh, you got to remember, too, first, the Department of Corrections and the Department of Community Corrections are receiving more this year than they did last year. $4 million for the Department of Corrections. Uh, in part, that'll address some of the overtime pay uh, that they've had issues with, and then another $1.7 million for community corrections. Secondly, both agencies are budgeted and will be funded to fill vacancies uh, that may not be filled. For example, uh, community corrections has... Uh, about 1,330 employees, but will be budgeted to employ 1,455. So that's part of what they're talking about with some of the parole officers, uh, probation officers, that sort of thing. Uh, And I'll just say that the governor has been uh, straightforward on this. He is committed to public safety, reducing recidivism, uh, and our budget reflects that commitment. Uh, And I would also talk again you gotta instead of looking at one thing look at the, the big picture and what we've we've done obviously for the governor's restore hope summit uh we are working with um the private sector nonprofit groups to give second chance uh, you know nonviolent offenders another opportunity to get back into the workforce uh, that's how you uh that, that's how you reduce the recidivism rate here in arkansas give people a reason to stay out um, and, and that's a big part of that. The, the other issue, too, is, is we announced this, I believe, back in August that the governor um, announced that there would be four crisis stabilization units in four counties uh, over the state. I believe Craighead, uh, Pulaski, Washington and Sebastian. Uh, and, and those will, I believe, make a huge difference. So we'll have about 16 beds in each unit. 
And what that does is, and, and also there's training to go along with it with the uh, uh, police officers, responding officers, that if you have someone who has uh, a mental illness or a behavioral uh, 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 behavioral problems, whatever it might be, that instead of just taking them into the county jail and they get out and they go back and they get out and they go back, we're taking them to a, a, a one of these units and they will be treated for whatever issues they have. It could be something as, as simple as someone who has prescriptions they haven't filled that they need. Uh, and, and so whatever it might be, we want to get these individuals help so we can help return them to society uh, and and be healthier as far as uh, you know th- those mental illnesses go. So we're doing a lot. Um, I'll also mention, too, that the, the paper, uh, the governor addressed this actually in his speech to joint budget on Tuesday, that uh, there are some needs at the Department of Correction, which they already have that funding, and they're going to uh, implement some safeguards. We've seen some of the violent uh, happenings at some of these maximum security units, and and uh, Director Wendy Kelly provided a plan for that, and the funding for that will uh, is already in place, and, and they'll work to um, uh, get those things in place as far as uh, uh, some of those safeguards at the prisons so that we can, you know, kind of stop some of the violent attacks on some of the guards and stuff like that. Now, again, you got to remember, too, that these are maximum security prisons. This is not an easy job. These are violent offenders. That's why they're um, in maximum security. That's why maximum. they're in maximum security. So those, those things are going to happen. But I think the, the, uh, the, the bullets and the plan that uh, – the bullet points and the plan that Director Kelly provided is a good plan, and we'll implement that. And I think you'll also see a fall off in, in those events as well. So it's, it's, it's sort of a – a holistic approach. There's a lot of things that we're doing. We feel very confident uh, in the budget the governor laid out. I was uh, looking at the article here from the Dem Gaz, and it's on the uh, front page of the paper. Uh, Plan to fund prison draws cool reaction is the head the headline written by John Moritz, and it says that uh, lawmakers Wednesday saying that they'll seek additional funds to hire more probation and parole officers. Uh, if that does come up, where does the governor stand on that? I'm sorry, cut out that last part. Yeah, they're saying that uh, there's some lawmakers that are saying that they want additional funds to hire more probation and parole officers than what the governor is offering. Well, again, I'll point back to what I said earlier about those budgeted positions are there and they're not filled right now. So, and again, in, in the uh, case of community corrections, I think they're at 1,332 to be precise, uh, and they're actually budgeted uh, for uh, 1,455. That's what they're already being budgeted for, uh, on top of the $1.7 million increase as well. Uh, Again, I think we feel uh, confident in the budget that we have. Uh, Obviously, um, there will be uh, conversations that will be had with the governor, and and his door is always open. He's happy to meet with legislators and hear their concerns. Um, but, But again, we've been working on this budget for about six months uh, just in the weeds of it, making sure that you know every um, everything, every taxpayer dollar we could save, uh, and 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 uh, in this process that we did it, that we made every efficiency that we possibly could implement, uh, and I think that we got to a a good point here. But again, you know those conversations will be had, and the governor's door is always open. All right, I had other things that I wanted to talk about education, but we're not going to be able to get to it. <laughs> There's just not enough time for us to discuss that. I will ask you one question about. The enhanced carry. I'm hearing that the Arkansas State Police has drawn up all of the rules that uh, people need to know. 
However, for the people who want to teach the enhanced carry, they are supposed to have a test that they take and there's nothing on that. And it seems to me when you're, you know, given a, a job to do in July of last year and you don't have it all done and we're moving close to February this year that somebody's dragging their feet. Now I'll tell you that by the end of the month, I think you'll see the first classes being taught. Uh, the training for those instructors will happen and uh, begin in the next couple of weeks. So I think we're in a good spot. I think you'll see the first classes being taught because, again, as soon as a trainer goes through that uh, or through, as soon as a, an instructor goes through that training, they're able to teach those classes. So I actually think we're in a really good spot there. Okay. All right. And, and I'm going to hold you to it. Now, hey, I, and that, <laughs> hey, I wouldn't expect anything less. And I will say this. There's just We'll end this on one announcement the governor made today. Uh, the governor sent a letter to the Public Service Commission chairman, Ted Thomas, requesting that the commission as expeditiously as possible take whatever steps necessary to pass the benefit of the corporate tax cut onto Arkansas ratepayers in the form of lower utility rates. Uh, that was something that the governor uh, is passionate about. We're seeing these corporate tax cuts, and, and, we want, and part of that uh, corporate tax cut is going to uh, benefit energy providers, and, and that needs to be passed on to the ratepayer. All right. Yeah. Appreciate you coming by today. No problem. Always good to have him here, J.R. Davis spokesperson for uh, the governor. Can I tell them about uh, the state senator and you? Sure. Okay. The uh, state senator, Brian King, has been issued an uh, invitation here to the Dave Ellswick Show along with J.R. Davis, and they will meet here live on the air. I, I haven't gotten an answer back from Senator King about whether next Thursday is right or not, but if it is, it will happen next Thursday at 2 p.m., right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. With that said, we got to take a break. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you, JR. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate 96. it. 96.5 FM, The Answer. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Steven. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Let's get into the three o'clock hour and then uh, just a few moments. We'll hear from state representative David Meeks. He'll join us here on the uh, Dave Ellswick show. He was in budget committee meetings today. I guess that would be joint budget committee. And uh, I know the health department was up front and there was some you know, pretty pointed questions being asked and things being uh, uh, discussed. And the conservatives were uh, pushing forward with uh, hopefully some changes and got left out in the cold by other Republicans that were there on that uh, uh, that committee. So something to talk about here in just a few moments with, with David Meeks. I sent him the the number here at the station just a moment ago uh, 
we're waiting for his call here on on the show. All right, so uh, information coming out right now. The AP said that there was a group from this bipartisan committee of Jeff Flakes saying that there's been a a DACA agreement uh, made between the, this bipartisan uh, committee. Uh, the uh, other word that I'm getting is that's not exactly the case. There's still some areas of concern. And, uh, you know, to get this thing through, they get the president's signature. Uh, last couple of days, he's he's been very adamant about no wall, no financing for the wall, no DACA bill. If that shows up, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think that if that shows up and it's not in there, uh, you might as well uh, say it ain't going to happen. As he says, he will not, he will not sign it. So, well, I'll keep my ears and eyes open and, and see what's going on. I think it's funny that the Democrats are still slamming away at the tax cut bill passed uh, just before uh, Christmas of last year. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to explain this to people when they start seeing more money in their paychecks. How are you going to tell, how are you going to tell people that's not good news? I mean, the only thing you can say at that point is if we had had our way, you'd gotten more money in your paycheck. Uh, well then if that's the case, why didn't you do it during Obama's administration? I mean, that's, that's the next question to come back. All right. David Meeks is going to join us. He's state representative. Hey David, how are you? Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing great. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. J.R. Davis just on a few moments ago, we've been talking about the budget and guess what? We're going to talk about the budget some more. We're going to talk with it, talk about it with you. Uh, you're on the joint budget committee. Is that right? Well, I'm a member of the legislative council. And so when we do the pre-fiscal session budget hearings, um, you know, it's kind of a combination uh, of both of those committees that actually come in, but the joint budget, yeah, is the one that actually meets and I'm not actually on that particular committee. Oh, okay. But you're there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I want folks to know what's going home. I want to be able to still have some input for the people in my district and, uh, you know, and again, just trying to get the information out for those who can't be actually be down there. All right. So the health department was up in front of the, uh, the committee today. Is that what I've understood? Yeah. The department of health had their budget looked at, uh, this morning and then the department of higher ed was this afternoon. Oh man. I got questions about higher ed. Uh, so <laughs> as you can only, <laughs> you can probably imagine that cause they're on my, they're on my, uh, do not bring them Christmas presents this Christmas, uh, list thus far. So real quickly, right. uh, what, what happened with the Department of Health? Evidently, uh, conservatives tried to make a move and didn't get a whole lot of support with it. Yeah, you're, you're correct on that. You know, one of the things that we do when we bring the uh, the department in or any agency in when they're before us with these uh, fiscal uh, session hearings is we just ask questions. You know, what do you need this money for? And, you know, conservatives and even even, uh, you know, some rep other Republicans and Democrats alike, you know, they were asking, okay, what are you using this money for? What do you have to show for, you know, some of the 
tobacco hotline, which was one of the points of contention. You know, where where is the success? What, what are we getting out of the money that we're giving you? Uh, because we want to make, if we're going to put money into a program, we want to at least see some results. And and so we weren't getting clear answers on a lot of those questions that, you know, that were being asked. Uh, and at one point, you know, why do you need $24 million over in the trauma system? Well, you know, we're only planning to spend 22, but, you know, we've, we have it at 24. So let's just keep it at 24. Well, you know, <laughs> if, <laughs> you know, so it, 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 it was questions like those. And so, you know, we as conservatives said, look, we have an opportunity here. They've pretty much said, you know, number one, you know, on the tobacco quit line, while it may be a good thing, we're not seeing the results. You know, we don't think that we're getting the, the money uh, that we're putting into it out of it and that maybe we need to look at doing something differently when it comes to, you know, uh, tobacco use and, and different things of that nature. Uh, and so there was first a motion on that uh, to try to, to strip the money from that. Um, and then I think we were going to lower some of the professional fee lines. And then that was a motion made for that. And then you can make a substitute motion. And so a substitute motion was then made for full executive rec. I mean, we're just going to give them all the money that they asked for, no questions asked, basically. And then you can make a substitute to the substitute motion, which Representative Jim Dodson, uh, one of the most conservative members. So he said, we're going to get rid of the tobacco line and we're going to lower the trauma from 24 to 22, which still gives them just a little bit more than what they said that they would actually use. And after a bunch of roll call votes, uh, that was actually done what they called by division, meaning the Senate votes and then the House votes. Uh, and if it doesn't pass in the Senate, but it passes in the House, then it fails, and vice versa. If it, if the, the motion fails on the House side but passes in the Senate, then it fails. Um, and, and so we went through all of that. And unfortunately, um, on the two where we were going to actually lower their budget, it did pass on the House side, 16 to 6, but it failed on the Senate side with not one senator. There were 10 of them that were there that voted. One, not one senator actually voted uh, for the lower budget recommendations that was made by Holy conservatives cow. in the House. Whether now, I, you don't. I know that uh, you saw. Do you see who the senators are? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're. Um, you know, again, you had you know the like Senator Chesterfield. Um, you know, Senator Teague was there. Um, and, and some other ones, I think on the House side, or excuse me, on the Senate side, um, there was only just an actual few Republicans that were actually uh, in, there today. So you had some, uh, quite a few senators actually that were out um, that, you know, might have made a difference in order to be able to to get it through. How interesting. That's uh, That's interesting to me that they can't find the time to come to a, a major meeting like that, that you're going to have you know, the Department of Health in front of you. I mean, that when you said that uh, the thing about uh, 24 million instead of 22, yeah, we need 22, but we threw in 24. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that when I hear that they do that drives me crazy. You're supposed to figure out what you need and then ask for it, not what you need and then ask for more. Yeah, that's what we're, you know, that's what we've been fighting for now, you know, for, for many years uh, is the fact that, okay, if you don't need it and, you know, you have a, re- I mean, and they have a record of not necessarily just spending it, which is a good thing, okay? 
So I can't fault them for that. But, you know, at the same point, if you only need 22, let's go ahead and drop it to 22. And uh, that would keep them from just spending it willy-nilly, you know, without really the legislative, without them having to come before the legislature. I mean, if we lower it to 22 like we wanted to, and then, you know, they come back and they, you know, later on they say that they actually needed the extra two million. We can do that. We can do that for the legislative council. It's right. Part of the uh, part of the subcommittee that I'm on, the peer committee that I'm chair on. They can come before a committee and they can request for an increase. They can request for line item transfers. We we've, we've done that before. So it's not like you know if we say twenty two million, then that'll be it. You know, if some crisis comes up, some public health crisis. You know, we can still come back and we can still adjust their budget. You know, if we actually need to, but it require it would then force them to come back to the legislature and explain what they need that extra money for, and it's more accountability to our taxpayers. And I think that's just smart governing. So, how much money were they saying that they spend on the tobacco hotline? Um, you know, I cannot I cannot remember exactly. I think it was like nine. I want to say nine million. And so then, after that motion failed to you know to try to all the money away from it. We, uh, uh, Representative Vaught came back and made a motion to say, we're just going to take a million. You guys, you have the rest. We're just going to lower it by, by a million. Um, and we couldn't even get that done. We couldn't even, we couldn't even shave a million and a half off of a, uh, you know, a, a budget as large as the department of health, which is over $80 million. Did you ask how many phone calls they got? We asked, some and they could not give us a specific number. Well, what kind of result? Well, a thousand to two thousand. Okay, and so they would wait. Wait, let me let me just stop you there. A thousand to two thousand a month or for the year? Um, that I'm, I'm not sure. You know, again, those you know, it was it was very frustrating to try. And you know, we could have not. We could have lowered that, and then they could have come back with the, the answers and all of that, and we could have restored some of that money. Um, you know, we, there's a lot of things that we could have done. So this, all this did today was take the recommendation, you know, make some tweaks if we needed to puts it in a form of a bill. And there's still going to be debate on the bill once we get to the actual fiscal session. So anything even done now can actually be changed even in, you know, even as we go into the fiscal session next month. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just doing some, you know, I want, I want you to think about something. Let's just say it was 2000 calls a month and they're getting $9 million. Yeah. That means every call costs taxpayers $500. Yeah. And I, I think that sounds about right from what we've had, you know, because they've given us reports and updates and this, this tobacco hotline has been a source of contention because we, again, we don't feel for the money being spent that we're seeing the results. Yeah. I would say so. That there are, there, there, there are better ways to spend taxpayers' money on this sort of thing. Yeah, can you imagine what a, a a business owner would say to me if I went to him and said, "Look, we're going to we're going to call X amount of people every month, and you'll get enough, you'll get uh, X amount of calls back, and it's only costing you five hundred dollars per per call." They yeah, look at yeah, me like exactly. I'm nuts. No, they wouldn't even look yep. at me like yep. I'm nuts. They just tell me leave. Absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah. get, get out of my hey, office. That's government, that's government efficiency for you. You know, hey, you're you're getting a great deal, taxpayer. 
Yeah. Or at least that's what they want you to believe, you know, and we know that that's not the case. So, anyways, we've, we've tried. I mean, it's not the end of it. Um, I'm, you know, there's some fight left in us, and, I, you know, I think that that's something that we will still continue to discuss as we, we go forward. Yeah, that's definitely something. You, those are the types of efficiencies, to me, are slam dunks or should be slam dunks. Would you agree? You know, I would think so, but, you know, apparently not. Apparently Amazing. not. We couldn't get one, one senator to even vote for it. Wow. So. That, that's – is there somewhere that I can find which senators were there today? Do they keep a, a roll call for each day, or is it just th- – these are all the senators that are going to be or could be there? Um, well, they do – since we did the roll call on the uh, uh, votes and everything of that nature, I could probably get a copy. I don't have a copy with me that I could send to you right now, but I can definitely um, request that and get it to you probably next week. Okay. Is it, is it, is it on the website? Can you go to the website and get it? I don't believe that they put roll call votes on the website. Okay. All right. If you could get it to me, I'd appreciate it. Cause I sure like to, but I'd like to talk to the Republicans that were there today and couldn't figure out that they should have voted to cut the tobacco, the tobacco hotline and that, they were asking for a couple of million dollars that they didn't need uh, in another department just because they wanted some padding, I guess. You know, those were, you, you, you were over there enough now, David. Soon you won't be over there anymore. Probably happy with that. Yeah. But the bottom line, you know as well as I do, you know, the Lucky Charm, uh, you know, elf is over there. There's little pots of gold in every one of those departments. And and, and it adds up to a lot of money. That's where some of these governors at times, like uh, like BB did, when he suddenly needed fifty million dollars, it's like he pulled it out of you know yada yada right out of the air, you know, and he was doing his little dance or whatever. Yeah, and I mean it's it's something that you know I learned my first term, and it's something that I tried to stick to that if you want to have an effect on the budget, you do it through the appropriation process. If you're going to cut spending. That is exactly how you do it. But unfortunately, some folks either have ignored it or have not learned it yet. Um, you know, they want to try to do it through the budget as a whole or, you know, through other means. And, you know, there might be a, a small opportunity there, but I think the biggest opportunity is through these appropriations. And we had a chance this week to do that. Uh, and at least on the Department of Health, we've missed it. So, Yeah, okay. So when we come back, can you stick with us and talk about what happened with higher ed today? Well, I would love to, but I had family obligations, so I was not able to stay this afternoon to talk about how oh, okay. I don't have any specifics on that particular particular one. Who else, who else was there, David, that uh, typically jumps on the show and likes to talk that I could give a call to? Uh, you know, again, I wasn't there, so I'm not sure who stuck around or who may have showed up after I left. So I don't... I don't know. I could pr- probably maybe reach out to a couple and see if we can do that. So Okay, if you would, just call call Russ back and let me know, and we'll try to get them on. I really would like to hear what Higher Ed was talking about today. I, I, I really do. Uh, there's a, okay. w- one last question for you. The governor, and I, I didn't get to talk about this uh, today because we ran out of time. Uh, the governor said he, right. he wanted the universities to freeze uh, their tuition. However, there was an additional $10 million that was being put into the education, uh, budget. Does it bother you that was going on or, or are you aware of this, this, uh, 
way that they want to uh, determine how universities get more money. It used to be that they they got more money just by uh, saying, well, we got X amount of more students. Now there's going to be a, you know, things added to that showing what kind of results those students are, are getting. Is, is that worth the $10 million investment? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think just the old way of doing things was not the right way. You know, just basically just we're going to get students in the door. And so what you saw a lot of times was students that weren't ready to be in college. You know, the remedial rates were really high, which was, you know, costing extra. Um, you know, students that were kind of going into the universities were not prepared. So they were taking out big students' loans and then dropping out of college. Um, and so I think the old way of doing things led to a lot of issues. And so, uh, you know, it was been discussed for, for many years. And finally, you know, they came up with this other solution. Okay, let's do it more by performance, uh, by colleges. They were saying, you know, they told the colleges that this was coming so that the college could go ahead and adjust. We passed that. In, uh, we actually passed it in law. I, it is something that I supported. And so I think this new way of doing things is a whole lot better. Uh, and so now what you're seeing is the result of that, um, you know, and if, hey, if we, we promise, hey, we're going to go to this new system, it's based on performance. And if they're performing, then, you know, we have an obligation to go ahead and give them the money based on their actual performance. And so, um, you know, I don't have an issue with it at this point. Uh, you know, I would like to say that I agree and applaud the governor saying, hey, we need to freeze tuition. Uh, of course, you know, there's a whole lot more than I think that we can do to make um, universities and, you know, college education more affordable. But this is a start, uh, and it's a step in the right direction. All right. State Representative David Meeks, thanks for the time, David. We look forward to talking to you some more when the special session, not special, so the fiscal session gets underway in February. Definitely, Dave. And any time, just go ahead and text me or give me a call, and I'll be glad to jump on with you. All right. Thank you very much. That's David Meeks here on the Dave Ellswick Show. A break and more coming your way. Back in the studio here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, uh, The Answer. We'll uh, get to the bottom of the hour and get you some Fox News. I'm sure they'll have uh, some more information for us uh, dealing with this DACA story that's been breaking and some people saying a deal has been reached. Others saying, eh, not so fast. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, uh, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. They're located, uh, of course, over in the Jacksonville area. But all you need is to have a phone. You can call them at 982-7451. You tell them what part you're looking for, whether it's a motor, transmission, transaxle, the taillight, uh, you know, a, a front bumper or whatever it is, what car it's for, what uh, pickup it's for. And uh, they can bring it up on the computers that they have there and they can tell you if they have it or not. I'm going to tell you 99.9% of the time they're going to say they got it because they're, it's not just Sonny's Auto Salvage. They're hooked up by computer to thousands of other salvage yards here in the United States and Sonny's gives you the warranties that you get at Sunny's Auto Salvage, even if the part comes from a different salvage yard. All you need to remember is their phone number, 982-7451. 982-7451, Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. 
Fox News is next. All right, back with you. Story from the AP. Consider this cold comfort. A quick study of the brutal American cold snap found that the Arctic blast really wasn't global warming, but a freak of nature. And you know what? There was all these meteorologists saying that, that it wasn't global warming. And what did the global warmest say? Flat earthers. They're flat earthers. They're going against all of the, 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 the all the people out there that believe in global warming. They're, look, they're looking at Leo and they're going against him too. How dare they? Al Gore going against, how can you go against the Pope of global warming? Al Gore. Frigid weather like the two-week cold spell that began around Christmas is 15 times rarer than it was a century ago. According to a team of international scientists who does real-time analysis to see if extreme weather events are natural or more likely to happen because of climate change. The cold snap that gripped the East Coast and Midwest region was a rarity that bucks the warming trend, said researcher Claudia Tibaldi of the National Center of Atmospheric Research and the private organization Climate Central. The same team had connected several weather events last year to man-made global warming, including Hurricane Harvey that battered the U.S. and the Caribbean and the French floods. It was very definitely strange, especially now, said co-study author Gabriel Vecchi of Princeton University. A century ago, quote, it wouldn't have been that strange. Things like this are becoming stranger. Okay. The study by the World Weather Attribution analyzed weather records dating back to 1880 and found the cold weather that hit a area of the U.S. from Maine to Minnesota tends to happen once every 250 years. In the early 1900s, it happened about once every 17 years. Climate change has made such cold spells less common and less intense, the group says. Now, let me ask you, is that bad? Is that terrible other than if you make... uh, you know, North Face, uh, you know, uh, clothing or something, or, you know, you get, you're making, what are those, Uck boots? I mean, that you wear because it's really, really cold? Uggs. Yeah, uh, is it Uggs? Not Ucks, huh? It's Uggs. Uggs. <laughs> anyway. You want to find out about Uggs, go look up the uh, the ranch and what Sam Elliott says about them. Oh, okay, I have to watch that. Oh, freaking then. hilarious. I like Sam Elliott. He's hilarious. By the way, did you you know that they're relaunching the Roseanne show? Did you see the big announcement they made yesterday in the in the show? She's a Trump supporter. How much distaste did she have in her mouth doing that? I have no idea, but uh, she's uh, she is uh, going to be a Trump supporter, and uh, came out that. Um, Oh, the guy that, uh, the, uh, the tool guy, uh, Tim Allen, Tim Allen, yeah, Tim Allen, a uh, huge petition, uh, rush going on right now to bring back his show. And it looks like ABC is going to cave talking about bringing back 
the Tool Man Show or the last, the last, man, last standing? man Standing, which was you know had the second best ratings on ABC last season. Yeah, and an eight point one. Um, I'm trying to think that that other comedy show had an eight point seven. Uh, bottom line, uh, they got rid of that show specifically because it was conservative. They can say whatever they want to, but you don't dump an eight point one show unless you don't like what they're saying in it. I mean, that's it. It, it reminds me of when they got rid of Andy Griffith and Mayberry RFD and all of that and put on, uh, you know, Maud and everything else because those shows that I just mentioned prior to Maud and to Archie Bunker and all in the family and all the rest had huge, huge ratings and they didn't care because they wanted uh, to go Norman Lear's way. And so they did. And uh, they just thumbed their nose at, uh, at conservatives. That's just the way that they, they do things. Anyway, uh, this uh, finding agrees with earlier studies. Uh, I think the public frenzy over the recent cold snap illustrated that we are less acclimated to such events. The study based on observations and statistics did not find evidence for a popular scientific theory that links melting Arctic sea ice to blasts of cold air escaping the top of the world. The theory, which is still being debated by scientists, but gaining some credence uh, among many, is based on pressure changes and other factors that cause the jet stream to plunge and weather systems to get stuck, but the latest analysis didn't find any evidence for that. Three scientists whose studies have connected connected Arctic warming to changes in extreme events disagree because such atmospheric pressure changes happen occasionally. Quick studies that rely on averages miss extreme events like the recent cold spell that uh, James Overland of the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration who supports the theory. So... Uh, We'll see if somebody writes an article just about those three and uh, uses some kind of way of manipulating those people that were uh, involved in it and what they uh, they believe. Anyway, who knows? I don't know. All right, gang of six are claiming that they have an uh, immigration deal uh, out of the, the White House. Uh, it's uh-uh-uh, not so fast. That's not the case, so uh, we'll have to keep our eye on, on that as well. I'll see if I can dig that story up for you while we take a break, get, that, get our break in, and then come back, and uh, we will talk more. Don't forget about Safari Pet Store uh, out in Cabot, largest pet store in, the, uh, uh, not the largest, the largest independent pet store in Arkansas. Let me make that statement Exactly right. Wide selection of the best grain and meat dog foods for your dog. They've got uh, grooming for your uh, your animals. They'll do nails that you know. I've I've tried to do my own dog's nails, and uh, after getting nipped a couple of times, I decided to let somebody else do it. Uh, they take care of whether you have a regular pet or you have an exotic pet. I mean, they got everything from saltwater fish and African macaws and all kinds of other exotic birds 
They've got those big old turtles. They got guinea pigs, hedgehogs, chinchillas, ferrets. They have uh, ball pythons, other kinds of uh, of snakes. They got bearded lizards. They got iguanas. You name it, they got it. They got saltwater fish. I mean, I I, I want to do a saltwater tank, uh, but I haven't been able to do it yet. Hopefully. We'll uh, get that done perhaps this year, but you know what? It's one of those I'd like to have, but I don't have, uh, the time to, uh, to do it, uh, right now. But Safari Pets is at 808 West Main in Cabot. Their phone number 501-628-0067. You got a question about an animal? They got the answers. Safari-pet.com is their website. Before we go to break, we got Jim in Grant County. Hi, Jim. How are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, guys. Uh, I had one thing, but now I got three. When it comes to global warming, Dave, if you can, when you do the, uh, just change out the word global warming for snow and say, like, you know, if I get any more global warming, I got three inches of global warming in my driveway. If I get any more, I won't be able to get out of the driveway. Do you, hey, look, do Jim, that, Jim, ladies and gentlemen. National TV, you know? Yeah, let me oh, ju- Boston, Boston's got five inches of global warming today. Now, let me, let's talk about that. Do you remember, it was about five years ago, the scientists that were saying that because of global warming, snow events would become rarer and rarer, and that children by like 2020 would be amazed if they ever saw snow in their lifetimes. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they were saying those types. They say some of the most outrageous things. Right now, New York should, man, lower Manhattan should be underwater. That's what the climate scientists said. Well, that's because it's a money grab. Uh, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just a money grab. It's like if you ever read Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, Today, things have not changed that much. You still have the shammers, the slavers, the, the really righteous people, and then there's Tom. We still got carpetbaggers running around creating false, false uh, scenarios and then going to Congress and getting $30 billion to work on something that doesn't exist. Yep. I mean, for crying out loud, that Congress can't manage money any better than that. They better give it back to the people. But um, uh, I'm, I'm doubting that, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it's just a money grab. That's all it is. <laughs> I agree. For all these other programs, you know, that they don't want to fund, they'll fund it this way, just right in studying global warming, and here's a million dollars. You know, it's unbelievable. And we're paying for it. What a bunch of suckers. Um, on another issue was, uh, oh, yeah, if you find politicians that are corrupt, uh, one of the punishments ought to be that they should spend two years in a poodle parlor, 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 uh, washing, shampooing, and clipping particularly mean little poodles. Um, I figure that would be a righteous punishment for some of these politicians. Well, if they want to, um, if they want to act like the French aristocracy, let's let them live like the French aristocracy. Yeah, and another issue, which is why I was really calling, was I heard, and I'm ashamed to say that. I don't have real mental clarity on this, but I had heard um, that uh, the European Union has already voted on making NATO their military power. Somehow they're taking control of it. And and one of the reasons is they don't want another 
Britain leaving leaving them. Mm-hmm. And when there's only one military to answer to, that that kind of puts an end to it. And the problem with that is, is with the migration or invasion of of all the Muslims into Europe, that this could very easily become a tel, uh, an army controlled by the Muslim telephate, and there'll be a nuclear army, which means they can blackmail all kinds of people because they have nuclear weapons now. And um, Billy Myers, who's a modern day, he's a one-armed prophet from Switzerland, <clears throat> said that the French Muslims will get a hold of the nuclear armaments in France, and they will blackmail Europe, mm-hmm. and they will force uh, subjugation of the English, who they hate. And he said they will murder thousands and thousands of the English, and it'll be like a bloodbath. And that they're going to blackmail most of take, uh, taking over Europe. And, uh, and the only problem with that is that this was predicted in the 1800s, believe it or not, by a guy who was a Mason who said that they're the ones that were going to start World War One, World War Two, and World War Three, And they predicted who was going to be involved in each one and that the reason they're using, going to use the Muslims or the Islamists because they hate Christians and they want Muslims to kill off the Christians so that they don't have to deal with them. And that's on the internet. That's an actual book that was written in the 1800s. And I believe I'm seeing this come to pass. This is unbelievable. All right, Jim, I've got to run. I appreciate your call here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about Juris law firm. Uh, they will help you if you're a wartime veteran, if you served in, World War II, Korea, or Vietnam, this is one of the least known special pension plans. It's called Aid in Attendance, and uh, Juris Law Group can help you out with this. They can give you a free, no obligation, no risk consultation, and help you pull all the necessary paperwork together so that uh, you can find out if you will be able to qualify. Uh, you have to qualify military service rules, war periods, and medically. Uh, but many people who think they would never qualify do. And uh, my buddy up there, uh, Kimbrough Stevens, and I say up there because he's on the 10th floor of the same building we're in, and we're on the 7th. So he can help you out with this. And it can mean for a veteran with a spouse up to $25,000 a year. Give him a call and talk to him. I mean, it's not a waste of, a t- of time if you find out this works for you. 501-400-8250. 501-400-8250. If you're the uh, son or daughter of a military vet, if you have a grand uh, parent that's a military vet, you should make sure uh, whether they can get aid and attendance. You can also find out on the internet at Juris Law Group. That's J-U-R-I-S-T, JurisLawGroup.com. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM. Uh, the answer, Willie wants to talk to us. Willie, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show at 96.5 FM, The Answer. Thank you, Dave. Dave, I wonder if up in Congress they still still pass bills to spend $9 million to study the teethy fly, the snail daughter, or the California Oh, yeah. Fly. 
Yeah, the last, the best one that I have heard in the last, you know, th- these would be Golden Fleece Award type studies, was the one where they actually spent millions of dollars on a study to see how long a shrimp could stay on a treadmill. And they actually built treadmills that were uh, sized to handle an average shrimp. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. Well, of course it is. But you know what? If you got a friend in Congress, you just might be able to get a few million dollars to do it. We, we, we need to think of some really crazy study to do, uh, Willie, and then you know, have it written, written up in legalese and send it up. And you never know, you might hit the jackpot for a couple of million. I mean, look at these people who've been doing the, uh, the food program and, uh, supposedly going to feed these disadvantaged children and are walking away. Well, they've gotten caught, thank God, but they had been walking away with millions of dollars in their pockets of our tax money because of this fr- this uh, fraud, waste, and abuse that is in control. What, wasn't that over in Eastern Arkansas? Yes. Six, well, that's where I'm from. Sixteen different people. Sixteen. Yeah. This last one was into it for 1.3. Let's just let's consider that maybe um, they did that, and uh, each one of them did $2 million. That's $32 million. Doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about a trillion dollars uh, with with them, but the bottom line is a lot of money, a lot of money uh, hey, be, Dave, going down the down the black hole of your toilet. I got one. Yeah. How about Congress pass a bill to spend ten million dollars to study how much water vapors in the atmosphere? <laughs> how about they spend ten million dollars to figure out why they're so stupid? Yeah, that that that, that should get the Golden Place Award. Yeah, that would that would be a great study. How stupid is Congress? I would I would like that one. I'd like we'll take ten million dollars to figure out how to run a radio station. That'd be good. We could do that one too, Willie. We could make that work as well. Hey, thanks a lot for calling in. We appreciate you uh, checking in with us. Hey, coming up in the next hour, uh, the big topic that uh, locally that I wanted to talk about is this shooting that happened over in North Little Rock on on sunday gotta tell you i i'm really glad they brought out the video immediately immediately and it's pretty easy to see yeah you can turn your mic on yeah the, whoop nope <laughs> i turned it off and yeah. russ turn it quit messing with my buttons russ it's <laughs> just the way i like to treat you that's, sexual-, the buttons. <laughs> that's sexual harassment anyway. i'm going to jail now oh yes you're going you to are. jail yes you are no i yeah, that's self-explanatory right there. Jeez. Did you see this kid's rap sheet? It was incredible. And now there's people, they brought in a Philadelphia Hands lawyer. Up, don't shoot. They brought in a Philadelphia oh, lawyer. Of course they did. It's just crazy. Uh, what was the, the Philadelphia lawyer said? Well, I'll have an Arkansas lawyer to help me. Jeez. <laughs> to laugh. Help you, you know, what? You yahoos down there. Help you say that's not a gun? Yeah. That's yeah. Not a gu- no, that's not a gun down there in his hand. Oh, man. I mean, you can just see it clearly. And you know what? Well, we'll get into it when we come back. I know I, you don't I, like me to talk about it. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't mind talking about it, but we're almost out of time. I, I can let everybody know that uh, uh, Brian Dedrick, who's yes. the, the PR guy yes. over there, uh, I'm supposed to talk to him. He was He just has yeah, gone without Brian. any sleep over the last three days. So uh, 
we're going to set up a time for him to come on next week awesome. to talk about this. Yeah, you he's made, a good guy. You didn't hear this because uh, you, unless you've been listening to the show, uh, State Senator Brian King and J.R. Davis are going to debate next Thursday. Sweet. So that should be interesting. That will be interesting. It'll be a real interesting and give I'll and be take here. on that. So yeah. I get to come up with the, do I get a dinger I'll put bell? You, I'm just going to put you in the middle there. So they, they can't kill Look, each I, they might fight more than girls than I would. I don't know. No, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding, guys. Yes, we are kidding. We are kidding as far as that. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. That's going to be interesting. This has been brewing for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been brewing. Yeah, he's got it pent up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now we're talking about <laughs> Brian. Brian King. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to get a break. Then we're going to come back. And uh, I'll tell you as well next hour about uh, the gang of six and how they say that they've got some kind of DACA agreement with the White House. White House says, mm, not so fast. What happened to the gang of eight? They killed two of them? <laughs> well, Rubio's, uh, Rubio's not there, so that's probably... Flake is there, but he's not there for long. That's the best way. That's one of the best things that I know of. He's gone. He's out of here. I, I think Arizona's going to get really interesting now. Kelly Ward, you know, wanting the Flake position, and who else is going to run for that Ryapo. position? Yeah, Joe. Joe Apio is going to run for uh, Senate. <laughs> and it's a tied race right now. It's amazing. Gotta love it. As I said yesterday, I was like, bleep to the yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get a break. Fox News is next on 96.5 FM, The Answer. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com call us at 501-400-8250 or google me kimbrough stevens and we look forward to hearing from you all right four o'clock val emmons is here because i wonder her to come on today uh to talk about what happened in north little rock excuse me over the weekend uh you may not have heard about the story so let me kind of set it up first north little rock uh, police department and this is from a story from ryan uh i think it's ternelli and Brandon Riddle from the Dem Gas uh, released video footage, and you can find it easy. So you, oh, yeah, you I put it on my page. Need it's to already go, out, need it's to on go, my page. Need to go watch it. Video footage showing the fatal police shooting of a teenager after a struggle. Charles Smith Jr., 17, died during an altercation with officers after a traffic stop shortly after 1 a.m. Sunday near East. 52nd street and camp robinson road police chief mike davis said during a news conference yesterday at the department's training building that the release of the dashboard camera video footage was deemed necessary because of a quote great deal of misinformation unquote spreading uh, about the shooting on uh, social media so let's take that and 
reversed course a little bit, go back to uh, 2016 and Ferguson and all the misinformation that came out there, uh, that that was Brown, right? Was that Michael kid? Brown. Michael Brown, mm-hmm. who they said that was shot down in cold blood, had his hands up, uh, you know, hadn't, wasn't doing nothing and the whole nine yards. And it came out uh, during the grand jury that he bull rushed the officer, that he, he wrestled with the officer for a gun in the officer's police car, uh, that uh, he had just uh, kind of shook down a, 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 a like a, I don't know, a, a, what's a good thing to do? come and go or something. Yeah. And uh, for cigars, gas station. Yeah. held a little guy that was not as, I mean, this kid was big, um, basically threatened him and all the rest. And then when he was stopped, wouldn't comply but the kid the the officer didn't really even know at that time that that had happened happened. that's correct they were just walking down the middle of the street and they wanted them out of the middle of the street so the the chief one did not have something like that happen he says i fear that misinformation gets out that says the subject wasn't armed the subject didn't shoot he said adding that is not the case yeah i mean there were two other guys that were with him uh there hadn't been a camera there. It'd been very easy for these two other guys to say, "Well, he didn't have a gun." They handcuffed him, and then they shot him. They could—I mean, we've heard worse. Uh, well, that's what here, I heard. That some of the footage from—I'm not going to—it's anon- nope. not off the, you know. But yeah. Some of the footage from the car that the other suspect was in. The suspect was saying he didn't do nothing. He just. Put his hands up. Yeah, <laughs> didn't no. look like he just put his hands yeah. up in the video. Hands up, not, don't shoot. Yeah, did not look like that. Davis shared little new information regarding the ongoing investigation. He said officers stopped a vehicle early Sunday that was traveling at an excessive speed and had a broken headlight. Mm-hmm. Now that's going to get you stopped number number one, no mm-hmm. matter what. Especially at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, the officers expressed concern over the nervousness of the driver. While speaking with him, three people inside the car, including the driver, were asked to step out in the minutes that followed. The footage shows this. Authorities said a gun and a small bag of marijuana were found on Smith during a pat-down search. The video did not show police patting him down at that time. Davis said a stolen firearm also was later found on the driver's side floorboard. The video shows two people sitting on the curb as an officer's voice is heard off camera. There ain't nothing here but a little bit of weed, man, like for real, like if you tell us, the officer says. The sentence stopped short, followed a second later by police telling the person uh, not to reach. Yeah, in the video you can hear that. Yeah. I ain't going to find nothing else in here, right? The officer says on video, quit reaching, partner. Mm -hmm. As officers patted him down, Smith tried to gain control, the Smith being the perpetrator, tried to gain control of a handgun and flee, at which time police took him to the ground, Davis said. This is all on, on the video. Yeah. Smith enters the video's frame as an officer takes him to the ground. I can't go to jail, the teenager says on the ground, according to the video. Get your effing hand out, an officer says. 
as the struggle continues. It's an effing gun. Officers tried to subdue Smith using a stun gun, but were unsuccessful, according to Sergeant Brian Diedrich, the police department uh, spokesman. He did not say how many attempts were made. Should only take one, hmm. okay? I mean, that. let me tell you what, you get a stun gun, it ain't a pleasant shock. Uh, Smith eventually pulled the firearm from his waistband, fired one shot that almost struck the vehicle's other two occupants who were sitting on the curb. As police continue to struggle with Smith, one officer is seen in the video hitting him. No kidding. Uh, Smith is then observed engaging the slide back on the gun and again firing at officers, almost striking one of the officers in the face with the gunshot. About one second later, police open fire at Smith. The video shows and uh, Smith falls face down on the curb with the impact knocking the gun from his hand. He was pronounced dead at the scene. To use the terminology of police sounds like a righteous shooting to me. Well, first of all, what's a 17-year-old doing with a gun? Well, yeah, the, and not only... Oh, oh the, my gosh. The, this, oh my gosh. You mean you mean a kid, somebody got a gun without yeah. doing a background check or legally? Well, check this out. It's 1 a.m. in the morning. Charles Edward Smith Jr., the North Little Rock teenager killed by police during an early Sunday exchange of gunfire, was under a court-ordered 5 p.m. curfew when he died. The curfew, which barred him from being outside his home at night, was a condition of Smith's release from jail last year as he awaited trial on charges that he had participated in three armed robberies in three counties, Garland, Lone Oak, and Miller. Nice. There's a whole big article you know, about but, this but, kid. But regardless of what his past is and what he's waiting on, that video was plain and simple. If that kid would have just sat there like the ever, like the others, not pulled out and t- told the officers here, I have a weapon. I mean, none of this would have happened. He made his choice. Yeah, and I did. hate to say that because if it was my son, I would be grieving tremendously. And I, I, I agree with that mother, but. Your child made that choice. He made that decision. That's why we have to teach our children to make better decisions when you're dealing with the police. The mother is not going to teach him to make good decisions because she wasn't making good decisions. Where is it here? It says uh, Smith's mother, 37-year-old Crystal Irvin, ran into legal troubles of her own in May when she was caught smuggling drugs into a Malvern prison unit for her former boyfriend, the father of one of her three daughters records show Irvin pleaded guilty to furnishing prohibited articles of felony in September in exchange for five years of probation. After telling investigators, she thought she was taking tobacco to Nicholas Luster. Authorities said she gave the materials to the girlfriend of another inmate who passed them to Luster. You're still smuggling stuff that they're not supposed yeah, to have. Absolutely. Yeah. She's breaking the law as well. Shows you how much love she's got for the law in the first place. Right. 
All right. Uh, you know, it's 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 sad. It really it, it, is sad that these people, these kids, they don't have anybody that is a good role model, obviously. And so, I mean, whenever I have had children in the past, you know, I've always tried to be their role model if they, role model if they have children, you know, our parents that are not doing like I don't get in the way. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't want anybody to do that with my kids. I like wouldn't tell my kids. I would be like, look. You know, this is what you're supposed to do. Ask your parents, you know, <laughs> but you got to tell, you got to help these kids. Yeah. Well, the, here's the key. You got a, a 17 year old kid. And by, by the way, that video, we've, uh, Elizabeth just has, uh, hit me with a text. It is now on our, our Twitter links here to the Dave Ellswick show. So you can watch it. Uh, we got to comply with what the police are asking you to do. And let me tell you what. You're, they're on high alert when they figure out you got a gun on you. And they don't want to shoot anyone. No, I don't think they do. They don't want to be, they don't want to shoot a 17 year old kid. I mean, did you hear the one officer, the black officer? He was like, oh, those are the new, those are the new, new Nike kicks. I mean, he was talking to him, asking him about, he wasn't being ugly. They yeah. were being civil to them. This kid was afraid he was going back to jail. Yeah. Okay. So dead or jail. You get out of jail. Yeah, normally. Over this. Maybe. You would have got out. You may go back into jail and you get to stay there until they find, uh, see, try to find you guilty of three armed robbers. Right. Then you're not going to get out So I guess he jail. wasn't going to jail. And when you're not going to jail, you don't got anything to lose. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's just a, it's an unbelievable story. It really is. Uh, but I just wanted to throw my support behind the, the, the North Little Rock Police Department. Yes. Because there's still, there's people that are, are out from what I understand, uh, and, uh, you know, marching about this. this what is, are you marching about? Because they don't pay attention to all of the facts. Well, they never do. They jump the gun just like everybody did on Michael Brown. They go out instead of waiting for the reports and waiting to hear what people say, they make a decision based on emotion in the window emotion just like just like when president obama said when when that when that black guy was trying to break into his own house and the cops stopped him before he had the facts he said oh that police officer acted stupidly yeah uh he was protecting that man's house but he made it he made it nice because he bought him a beer Beer. yeah (laughs) but i mean this is the problem stop jumping to conclusions well let the let the system play out then get mad i want to tell you what you have a gun and you've been driving at a high rate of speed when they pull you over and you got a headlight out and weed and yeah and we because you're paranoid and, i'm on and, and people are going police officers are going to approach you very very Cautious. cautiously and then if you start reaching for that gun you know they got families they got kids they're going too. home yeah they want to go home you know, and you shoot twice. They <laughs> sh- may shoot twice, but they won't miss. And I'm they're going home. Hit. Yeah. I don't blame them. You cannot blame them for defending themselves. Nope. That's what we have. That's why you need to just comply. I mean, in certain circumstances, I've been known to be a, a butt. <laughs> have you really been? <laughs> However, in certain do, do you find that unbelievable, Russ? I, I can't. can't un- I can't see it. I'm I hurting. can't either. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, when I know, when I clearly know my rights are being violated by a police officer, which when they do that, they don't know your rights. That's why they're violating them. And I have a problem with the police officers not knowing the Constitution. I do have a problem with that. However, this is different. All right. We got to take a break. All right. 21 minutes after four. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right. Back with you. Dave Ellswick Show. 96.5 FM, The Answer. Val is here. I'm sorry, I'm late. Robbie is here from Maumel. Robbie, what you got, hey, brother? Good afternoon. Hey, a lot of times the uh, police, they overreact to someone with a gun and they end up getting shot. A uh, person with a the gun, they say, oh, he had a gun. Well, that's not a reason to shoot and kill somebody because uh, it's legal to have a gun. Well, it, it is here. when that's they... Not the here. You're not it, 17 it, years old. No, 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 it's no. not legal to have a gun. But, no, here's right. the key. He right. shot at he, them twice. Exactly. Exactly. He shot at the police. Yeah. And that's why he got shot and killed. Not because he, Not had, because a he had a gun. I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, he had a gun. Well, yeah, so what? He shot at the police. That's why he got killed. Yeah, and, he did. Uh, yeah. And so, according, you know, they didn't know his record. He didn't get shot because of his record or no. anything like that. He got shot because it was a self-defense act uh, by the police. You know, and, and if the video turned out to be true, then, then, you know, the police did what they had to do. But, you ought to see uh, the video. Have you seen it, Robbie? I haven't seen it, but Man. you know what? I've also, I also saw Forrest Gump uh, pull his pants down in front of Richard Nixon, too. So no, 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 no. This but, is I, very blatant. Right. I was like, I've, what? I've, How I've can heard you the audio. That? I've heard the audio. It doesn't even, it's not even the same thing. Not even the yeah. same thing. Okay, I'll have to watch this. But yeah, I mean, I just want to change the uh, uh, the, the uh, conversation from what a lot of people say. Oh, he had a gun. Well, so what? He got shot and killed because he shot at the police, not well, because he had a crash. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, Robbie, and thanks for your call. He would have still gone to, back to jail because he was breaking his probation. I mean, he had a gun. He had weed. He was out past his curfew. Yeah, That's he would have gone three back. right there. He'd gone no, back. Whoever, what else, and resisting arrest. Yeah. That's he, four. He's going, he's going back to jail. I mean, uh, no doubt about that at all. This kid was on. He had probation. He had to be in in his house. He couldn't be outside his house after 5 p.m. because he's been linked to three different armed robberies. I mean, I, you know, here's what I understand. Like, I get the loss of life is terrible. It's terrible, and it's awful, and it. I could not, I do not want to have to understand what these parents go through when their kids act like this and they get shot or just an adult getting shot or whatever, but... You cannot shoot at the police. Please stress that to your children. You can't do that and expect to come out of it alive, really, honestly. I mean, he made that choice. And and I hate that. I hate that. But it is not the police's fault. They have a duty to protect citizens, but they also have a duty to their families to return home that night well, after they, their they shift is over. They have every right in the world self-defense. That's right. Even though, you know, you can say, well, you can't, there are cops, so what? They they put their life on the line a lot. You know, for, bottom line. Yeah, for, who's the first person you call when somebody's breaking in your house? The police. Well, not me, but... No, I, you should. <laughs> I mean, right, but I'm just saying, who do you call? You call the police, and then you want to diss them whenever some, a criminal... A clear criminal gets shot for 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 trying to sh- kill them. The people that come to your door when you need them. Well, and then you're out there picking in the streets about them, calling and threatening the police department, North Little Rock. Okay, quickly, let me do a little house cleaning for everybody. Tonight, the Faulkner County Tea Party is supposed to be meeting. That meeting has been canceled. So there will not be a Faulkner County Tea Party meeting tonight. Yes, sir. 
you know, taking precautions that the weather might change. Bad. Really? Yeah. Bad. Well, we're supposed to get maybe a little bit of snow in the morning. Really? Snow and ice, less than an inch. Sleet and freezing rain a little bit. Yeah, okay, not then. Enough to make things slippery. So, Russ, I'll be in at about 10 o'clock after they've cleaned up all the wrecks during the construction <laughs> zone in 67167. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, Barry Brandt's going to have your uh, forecast for tonight and tomorrow coming up here in just a few minutes. All right. So be listening. And then don't forget on Monday, and I'm going to this. It's 62 degrees right now, though. I know, that but blows it, will, my mind. it won't be tomorrow morning. It'll be it's 32. energy right now is what it's doing, Val. It just blows my mind. <laughs> It'll be 32. And it's, as you heard my article uh, from last hour, it's not because of global warming. <laughs> All right. The power of economic freedom is happening at the Whole Hog Cafe uh, over on Markham in West Little Rock. This coming Monday, uh, from six until eight, uh, Matt, excuse me, Matt Hurt is going to be there. He's going to be the special speaker. I think he's going to join us in studio at three o'clock Monday. So you get to hear a little bit of his, uh, uh, material before you come over to the whole hog cafe seating is limited. So you do this one or two ways you go to Facebook, go to Facebook dot uh, com slash Arkansas AFP or call 501-244-9675. And that way uh, you can go this. It's going to be great. I love that they're going to talk about economic freedom. See, I, if you've listened to my show very much in the, the last two years, I don't say capitalism anymore because people – don't know the difference. They don't between, like the word. It's well, evil. They don't, they don't know the na- the difference between capitalism and corporatism, I and, and capitalism. they've got, and they've got them all mixed up. So I always say free markets. That way, there's no uh, confusion. All right. So Val, you know the cameras are coming. We were just yes. talking about that. You were talking about your teeth. Yeah. All right. Here's what you should do instead of worrying about that little tiny chip. It's not a chip. It's like they never like I don't I didn't get my. Oh, they didn't grow Is it right. A Letterman gap. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, kinda. But it's I not, didn't it's get not my... between the two front teeth. Yeah, big enough you can drive a semi through. It's on the semi- yes, yeah, I al- hate it. almost. But I'm, I'm thinking she should just put black wax on both of those teeth, and she'll look. Get like out of like here! Get <laughs> out look here. like me. No. That's exactly right. I just want crowns because <laughs> I want to have Smith. a nice smile. <laughs> Shut up, no, Dave. I look like I look like Snaggletooth. Me too. That's what I look like. That's why I don't. I don't like to smile. And, and if you people who've listened to my show know that it sounds like I've picked up a lisp here in the last. Few I don't months. notice. And them. the reason is I knocked out five crowns in my mouth. Did Linda punch you in the face? No, no, it wasn't <laughs> that. But five, five crowns, and uh, so I have to get a partial denture put in the front. And I'm going to get that to done. But I've needed this. He just he wants to look good in the studio, y'all. Here's, here's the key, though. <laughs> it was I was supposed to have done this uh, back in September, but I had used a lot of my dental insurance because you know you pay like ninety dollars a month for dental insurance, and then they give you fifteen hundred dollars a year to use and a couple of free cleanings. Anyway, I uh, I had used some work on my mouth and they told me it was going to cost almost $1,900 to do this. I don't know about everybody else, 
I don't have nineteen hundred dollars. And how is that insurance? Sitting, sitting, yeah, sitting in my my wallet. So I called back today since we're into the new year now, and so the um, they they filled it up. It went, boop, 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 boop. it went all the way to the top again, and twelve hundred dollars now. So I'm going to save seven hundred bucks. So that was worth the two month wait that I'm taking right okay. now. So hopefully that'll happen sometime at either the end of this month. Or I might be stupid and just wait till I get my tax return back. That's what he keeps saying about the cameras, Val. Yeah, no, no, the no, week coming. after next. Uh, when he's out, though, y'all have, have to put up with me, so I'm sorry. I got called Man, by for the Salem past in month and a half. Now you've been saying next week. And what but, did I tell you? Yes, he has been saying that. But I got a call but, from Salem's engineers that told me it would happen week after next because if you don't play the game russ you don't get what you want if you say it and you promote it all the time, nah. <laughs> Look, if i don't play the game guess what happens yep, i go it. and do it my own self no we're doing it well let's not fight i don't the have air. the camera <laughs> all right somebody else has the cameras that's going to do it but anyway they're going to add some really cool things to the cameras we're going to be like a mini Fox TV in here. That'll be so awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I am not dressing like them. I, I am not wearing fake eyelashes. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and I'm not going to shoot below the counter of the desk, so you don't have to wear short skirts either. <laughs> Good. I mean, that's what they do at Fox with all the women. I know. I mean, they show they show a lot of leg on that on that cable channel. You talking about on the five when they're well, sitting that's on why the they couch? Have- no, no, no. No, that's why they have clear tables. I'm talking, yeah, they got clear tables now, but you look at, uh, what is that? It's not called the five anymore, but uh, they're sitting, uh, the women always sit at the end for the most part yeah. so that their Legs. skirts are up mid-thigh or higher. So you get to see their, their, their things. And they must have at least, if they wear a uh, a petite sweater they're gonna wear one size smaller i don't i i mean it is i wouldn't be comfortable sitting there the whole time i wouldn't be comfortable they have to sit yeah well if they move things are going to get right get loose like right so (laughs) why no but in their contracts they have to wear fake eyelashes do they really yes well i know that they 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 all have them so they you know i don't get that because no i would like glue my eyes shut well not only that but (laughs) Totally. You know, when, I, when I'm talking to a, a young lady, the last thing I want to do is that you got their eyelashes brushing your face. <laughs> you know, that? I never really <laughs> thought about it. But when I went into the hospital the other day, this young the nurse had nurse, them. Ebony was jealous of my eyelashes. I don't oh. know why. I was going to say, party I was going to say they, they let them wait. Party. They let them wear false eyelashes in the surgery room and that'd be crazy they'd have to go go back in and, and get one out open you up open that zipper up and go back in Look, and I'd get some false eyelashes than some of the tools they've left behind <laughs> right like that guy who was in pain sponges you know or their phone that's one of my favorite commercials the guys had surgery and the doctors there and left the sponge in him and left the phone. No, he left his cell phone. Hold on a second. Yeah. I remember that when it was ringing. The recipe <laughs> makes me laugh. Alexa. And 20, 20 minutes to five. We've been talking about the shooting, uh, over in North Little Rock again next week. Uh, the uh, public affairs, uh, folks will be on with us from North Little Rock. You know, I, I, ta- I talked to, uh, Diedrich today. 
And he just said, can I beg off Dave? Because I'm just, you know, tired. He says, I'm going to be home a lot sooner than four o'clock and be asleep. I bet. I can't imagine. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I said, how about I give you a call Monday? And he said, yeah, give me a call and we'll set it up for next week. So he'll be on next week. to Talk to us. Uh, don't forget that next week also going to be, this is going to be epic. I'm just telling you, epic. uh, on Thursday, I'm, I'm getting a, a definite from state Senator Brian King on Monday, but I would say it's probably 87% in, in stone right now. Uh, he will be in the studio at two o'clock Thursday, uh, to talk face to face with, uh, J.R. Davis. And about a lot of things that both sides have said. So they're both going to get to say what they want to say and answer uh, the different things that each believe. So you, you'll want to hear that because you you hear it anyway. Right. I mean, I, I have Brian on. He says what he's going to say. JR is on. He says what I should do is just splice it all together. And, and I could have Brian say what he said. And then JR would start talking and would say exactly what the governor's office uh, how they see issues. So anyway, that's coming up next week, Thursday at two o'clock. It should be epic. Epic. I like to say epic. By the way, Curtis Coleman's going to be on with me next Thursday. What? Yeah. Oh, I get to see Curtis? Yeah. Curtis has... Where's uh, he been? Well, that's what it's about. That's why I'm having him on. Oh. He's going to talk about his uh, spiritual journey nice. that he's been on. He wrote a book and uh, he also... Uh, uh, has given up politics. I tried to do that. I really did. Good luck, Curtis. All right, but, but I did it for two years. I tried. Doing it. I saw him in, during the Christmas season because yep. he, he did a, a he had a soliloquy at the Living Christmas Tree over there at, at the Baptist Church. Just the tree. Don't say Living Christmas Tree. It's not the Living Christmas Tree. Just very cool name now. The, the tree. tree. <laughs> the tree. Excuse me. The Meet tree. me at the tree. But no, that's 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 interesting because yeah, so, everyone got tired of politics. I think everyone's so he's going to be on. So he's going to be on at four at three. Rose Mims, really? Because the Right to Life March is coming up. What is it? Twenty first or something? January twenty first. Okay. Wow, I can't believe I can't, I just saw that just this morning. I remember. I don't know anything about it because I didn't cut the ad for it. <laughs> <laughs> so and anyway, that's coming. This Saturday is the, you the Gillette Coon. I'm not going. Supper. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. But here's the deal. That's typically all Democrats, isn't it? No. Oh, hey, wow. mention what else opens uh, opens up this weekend? Can we? What's that? Down what? in Hot Springs. Uh, oh yeah, I can. I can mention Friday. Uh-huh. Friday tracks open. I know. That's but it's what, gambling. That was my other thing. I want know? a Reuben sandwich. We want to, yeah, okay, not Reuben. Yeah, just a corned beef. Just a corned corn beef. Yeah, yeah, with some, yeah, that's with what some I mean. lo- mustard on. Fifty cent. But here's the key about that is that and and I was making my argument and I wish I put this as point number four about the thousand dollar bonuses. Number four, Oakland opens Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's money I didn't know I was gonna have, you know, for tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah, the track a, you're, opens. You're getting paid tomorrow. This is a normal Oakland day what if it for sleeps? opening. It is gonna be cold and they're gonna have some snow and sleep. Well, unless it freezes the track. Yeah. They're going to run. That always happens. That, that, that's happened in the past. Now, they have had 
it's so cold for several days in a row that the track freezes and the horses do not run on a frozen track. But muddy and cold? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody just wants to stay inside, though. They don't typically go out until like go stand on the rail in two the seconds. Of the- in the Two seconds of the before gay splash. Oh yeah, man. There is just something. Look, my mother was from Louisville. From church, she lived not but three blocks from Churchill Downs. My uh, my mother's house after I was in college was on Whitney Street, which was two miles from the track. Here's what I used to do: if I wasn't going to the Derby, I would haul the TV out into the backyard, turn the sound down and listen to them call the races from Churchill Downs and just watch them on television. I was that close. I mean, we could hear them. You hear the crowd screaming. I was two blocks away. Even without the, even with the delay on the TV? Yeah. You could hear it. It was great. Didn't have delays back then. That would work because of the delay of the sound coming from the track and the delay of the television would make it about it, the same it worked it? fine it worked fine i i went to what was it i guess the 100th running i went to that i went i saw secretariat win at the derby oh cool so well here's what i saw i was on the infield because i can't afford the yeah, tickets yeah. directly you know what i saw i saw a pair of ears <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all the, the there's, or the horse. there's thousands of people <laughs> thousands of people in front of us and you just see these, you see the ears the go horse by. Ears, I'm going to assume. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's too funny. But I was there when Secretariat won. What can I tell you? I was at the horse races the day after I had my tonsils taken out here. Oh, were you? That wouldn't have been fun. It was fun until I got up the next morning. That <laughs> yeah, was like that wasn't fun. Uh, no, the great not. thing about getting your tonsils taken out ice is cream. the ice cream. Well, I I drank uh, daiquiris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, frozen daiquiri. Yeah, and they and I started out uh, non-alcoholic, but then I was like, whatever, yeah, just whatever. give me that. <laughs> how old? How old were you? I was in my thirties. Wow. Oh, okay. I thought when that's I first where you were Because here's what happened: I had my tonsils, I had my tonsils taken out, and 30? I didn't know a lot of people here. My friend Miranda, she was like, "Oh, sure, I'll babysit you." You know, because the first night you have to have somebody watch yeah. you in case you bleed to death. Yeah. And I, she was, and then she, after I get home, she was like, oh my God, I forgot I have to go to the horse races for this ceremony thing tomorrow. Wh- you want to go? And I was like, eh, sure. I took my Percocet. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. I went and, uh, yeah. I want to tell you what, after I had open heart surgery. Because I'm bad. Dave. You know, I'm I, bad like I that. wasn't taking very many pain medications. And uh, they came to see me one night and they go, Mr. Oswald, how are you feeling? I go, not bad. Well, we think you kind of don't sound like you're sleeping really well at night, so we, we want you to take a pain pill tonight. Okay. And they gave me one of those freaking Percocets? Yeah, they're... Dude. I Woo! mean, I, I thought I was tripping. Yeah. I'm just telling those you. Those are bad. I don't like them. Mm-mm. Didn't like them. And they them. make you itch? Yeah. And, they make you itch? And you go to sleep, and you feel... And then you wake up a little bit, and you feel like you're floating around. I didn't like it but, at all. And I but, was one of the big drug addicts of the 70s. But the pain. Yeah, was it, gone. Yes. Yes. But see, that I, was my problem, though. But see, it also gets you in trouble. Yeah. I yeah. was carefree. I was like, woo, get yeah. another one of those. And then in the morning, I woke up and it was all out of my system. And I was like, oh my God. I, I heard. I, can't I, move. I couldn't do these things anymore because two weeks ago, I found myself in the emergency room yep. at Baptist because of the kidney stones that I'm dealing with Oof, right now. Man. And 
I'm in the emergency room in pain, hadn't slept a whole lot, laid down in the fetal position on the bed, had eaten two pieces of toast and drank a ton of water. And passed and out. And they gave me Toradol Ooh. down in the ER. What That's what tor- they said would take the pain away. I'm yeah. sitting down there and all of a sudden this rush comes over me. And I was like, oh my, <laughs> bring me the trash can because I don't know that I'm going to make it anywhere. Demerol does that so, to me. That was the Toradol. Then I get up to the room, and the Toradol starts wearing off, and the nurse comes in and goes, I got, I got some pain medicine for you if you, whenever you want it. I said, what do you got? She goes, Dilaudid. That was another wave. She came in and dropped <laughs> that in my IV. Was- and, oh, man, it didn't take five seconds, and I felt flush. Did, and you, did you see a lot I of dancing just, little animals? And she said, lay back. And enjoy the ride. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? A hippie nurse, and she's telling me to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, when I go to the me? dentist's office, I get the gas now. Oh. Well, I, didn't, I never got the gas, and I got the gas when I had yeah. my wisdom teeth picking out because they didn't cut them out. They pulled them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they pulled them. That was uh, about six months ago. But here's the deal. I was like, God damn it you want to do yeah that's kind of how you feel yeah i will always get the gas when i had to have my wisdom teeth out they just knocked me out no i I woke up it was done i had a whole bunch of cotton stuck in the back of my mouth and everything i'm just tougher than you had to change (laughs) had to change it out and stuff that night i went out with a couple of my old my uh, fraternity brothers who came out out to make sure it was all right we went out and drank harvey wallbangers till about two (laughs) o'clock in the morning no wonder we get along so well. <laughs> Dude, we are in so much trouble. You realize that? I if know. Phil's listening to this yeah. right now, we I are in you. way yeah. too much trouble. Phil be saying, Talking you, drugs, you, alcohol, no, and gambling. This just people can change. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. yeah. I am not like that in the slightest <laughs> no. anymore. Dave goes home and goes to bed at like 8. Yeah, Val will tell you. Me too. I do not believe in doing that stuff now. All right, I got to get a break in. Got to talk about PI Roofing Home Solutions and what Joel Johnson has done. Uh, they are working harder now to deliver to you higher quality because they can fix your roof. But if the water's gotten into your house, you've got drywall problems. You've got interior painting. that's going to have to be done. You might have uh, mold that you have to have fixed, uh, insulation that needs to be fixed. There's a lot of problems that can happen and getting uh, people to come and fix it can be a difficult proposition. So what Joel Johnson did and his wife, uh, they hired the people to do this work so that now you have uh, PI Roofing come out, take care of your roof, and then they'll take care of all the damage that has happened inside as well. Drywall repair, interior painting, exterior painting, carpentry work, insulation, the ventilation, all of that, they'll fix it for you. And uh, they'll do a great job like they do on your roof. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I've used them. Uh, and they replaced the roof on my house about nine years ago after a, a hailstorm. Absolutely fantastic service. PI Roofing and Home Solutions, piroofing.com. All right, Matt Smith will be here tomorrow to start off the show. Uh, at 5 o'clock, we're going to have some folks in to talk about the big, uh, I think it's the 27th of this month, uh, concert that's going to be happening uh, over at the uh, Senior Citizen Center, the the Veterans Center uh, in Cabot. The Martins are going to be in there. Uh, gospel group, they're really, really good, man. If you've never seen the Martins in concert, seriously, you should look into uh, going to see them. Uh, they have 
they have performed with the Gaithers numerous times. They're really, really good. All right, some other things for you. The Power of Economic Freedom. Uh, this is a, uh, a kind of a seminar. Bring your liberal friends. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, bring your liberal friends. And your what, gun. You know, the people, the people who hate capitalism or free marketism, uh, have, them, have them come with you. Uh, it's going to be at the Whole Hog Cafe in West Little Rock. Uh, it will start at 6 and get done at 8 o'clock uh, Monday uh, coming up. Seating is limited. It is free. All you have to do is register through the Facebook, facebook.com slash Arkansas AFP, or you can call 501-244-9675. Uh, keynote speaker, Matt Hurt. He'll be on my show at 3 o'clock on Monday. Also, and this is all put on by Americans for Prosperity's Foundation. And last but not least, uh, out in Conway, they are not having the Faulkner County Tea Party meeting tonight. And I guess that goes along with the uh, the weather uh, that's uh, moving into uh, the state. When I say that, don't freak out. Please do not go buy 16 loaves of bread and uh, 18 gallons I of milk. I got my milk the other day. Too late. You don't it's need already it. gone. I got yeah, my you know, toilet paper already. You don't need all of that. I got, but I buy it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't I have mean, to go crazy. out and buy more. I mean, because the world's going to come to an end. Yeah, it's not coming to an end. An end, I, and you're worried about wiping. Yeah, don't have all. to worry. About it. Bottom line is this: they're saying a little bit of sleet, maybe a little bit of ice, not nothing that you're not going to be able to maneuver through. In fact, I think it was is it channel maybe eleven. You know I what saw, it means? I saw them, and they said it was on a scale of one to twelve, three. That we wouldn't have school in Cabot. Three. You, yeah, know, you know what three. this means? What? Snowpocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when people hear snow, that's ex- exactly, or ice, that's exactly what they think. Uh, it's going to be colder tomorrow. Today, right now, I think it's like 62 degrees. Yeah. Tomorrow, high 38. 38 wow. tomorrow. It'll be 32 probably when you get up to go to work and when I go work out. So we'll get back together tomorrow. Fun Friday, Val. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Fun Friday tomorrow. And uh, Matt Smith will be in. Coming up, uh, my interview with J.R. Davis, spokesperson for the governor's office, is next. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com.